I'm Miranda Black, and this is What's This Place? The Stories Behind the Bricks and Mortar. Well, this week, we are talking Halloween, the candy, the costumes, and the spooky decorations that make up this gonzo holiday. Growing up, my mother handmade pretty much all our costumes. I actually don't even remember going into a Halloween store or even a costume supply place. She made stuff out of what we had around the house. Or from magic. I'm not sure. I now know, having my own kid, that it's actually rare for kids to show up in homemade costumes these days. It is not the norm. To be honest, I think that the home-crafted costumes are what sends my kid home with best costume awards every year. You take that, Spirit Halloween. But I'm not here to make you feel crappy about your choices. Maybe Spirit Halloween, which claims to be the world's number one Halloween store, I'm not here to dispute that, maybe it's all you can manage this year. Time or the lack of time, is the number one reason people resort to impulse buys in all sectors. And I can't see that's any different for Halloween shopping. So I figure I still have one solid week, week and a half left, to motivate and inspire you to shop your house this Halloween. And the reason I want to do that is Halloween is one mother of a waste producer. And once you start to think about it, of course it is. Christmas time Even if you get something maybe cheap or poorly manufactured, it still has a sentimentality of Christmas behind it. So you're less likely to throw that thing out. Christmas is still a heck of a waste producer, don't get me wrong, but Halloween, Halloween has grown to have disposable as part of its identity. And I know you know what I'm talking about. From the costumes that come out of the bag sewn wrong with threads hanging off them, or that tear as soon as you put them on, to the toxic decorations in a can that melt into your yard, or the candy that gets smaller and smaller each year, but mystifyingly with more Teflon-like packaging than ever. But how do we reconcile our desire to keep the holiday fun and spooky with our desire to cut back on the amount of trash. Well, I broke it down into three categories to give you some fast, easy tips. But more importantly, I want to invoke the spirit of Halloween by telling you a story and interviewing a special mystery guest who I will introduce in a moment. Because Halloween, it doesn't have to be disposable. And I know I could benefit from a little more gravitas and tradition this time of year. So... Who is my special mystery guest? And what is a zero-waste Halloween? What's this place? Let's go inside and find out. So once I grew out of being a kid, I went through this period of really not liking Halloween. Maybe you can identify with this. It started to seem like just this big excuse to get drunk and behave badly. And as a petite girl in New York City, I didn't feel safe on the streets Halloween night, and I used to resent having to rush home before dark. Most costumes seemed like really lame, rehashed tropes combined with this messed up gender binary thing, like 
Sexy Santa, Sexy Grinch, Sexy Buzz Lightyear, Sexy Pizza Rat, yep, Sexy Undecided Voter, Sexy Bored Banana Bread. These are all 100% real things that you can throw your money at, and they represent everything I hated about Halloween. Fake sexiness, lazy effort, wasted creative opportunity. It is normcore at its worst. The only part of Halloween I really loved at this time was going to the Greenwich Village Halloween Parade, where I would see tremendous creative effort, no fake sexy anything, and I started to see through the creativity of these mostly drag queens the true meaning of Halloween, creating an alter ego and leaning into the impending, inevitable death of nature, acknowledging that it's about to get bleak and cold, and hibernate This is the part of Halloween that speaks to me. And it inspired me to do one of the only costumes I remember making at that time. Remember, I was mostly a bah humbug Halloweener, so I rarely did costumes. But I went this year as the shadow of my former self. I did pale makeup, and I wore something from my closet that made me feel crappy about myself. We all have that outfit, the one that makes you not like yourself as much when you see yourself in the mirror. And I wrote down on a piece of paper all the aspects of me I no longer wanted to be. And I burned it when I got home that night, and I gave away the outfit the next day. Well, this year, I am again summoning the shadow of my former self to talk to her about the things she tries to trick me into wanting to be, the waste she prefers not to think about, and why she's always talking smack about me in my own head. Shadow of my former self, hi, welcome to the show. Thank you. I see you're still in your PJs. Are you not feeling that great? I never feel great. It is such an honor to have you on the show. Usually you're just in my head telling me things like this podcast is a waste of time or that I'm evil for letting that lettuce go bad in my veggie drawer. Or that you're a hypocrite and I regret being here. Yeah, stuff like that. I'd like to talk to you about the spirit of Halloween and how people can tap into their own alter egos and how that might take the pressure off having unrealistic costume expectations. I hate Halloween. Yeah, that's how I first met you. I had to go to an event and it was costume required kind of thing. And suddenly there you were, my alter ego, because I'm known for being optimistic and funny. Are you though? And I thought it might be good for people to know that sometimes I am the shadow of my former self and that that can lead to some self-doubt and feeling like your actions can't possibly do anything to help save the planet. Oh, so you're saving the planet now. Wow. No, well, obviously I'm not saving the planet. I'm just trying to make some changes that... All right, Supergirl, let's just get on with this so I can get back to bed. All right, go team. Here are three areas where you can cut down on your waist at Halloween. FYI, you're a bit late. People have already got their Halloween stuff. You should have done this episode at the beginning of October. Ugh, you're just always so unprepared. And now it's too late. It's not even worth doing it. Well, that that's not 100% true. A lot of people, they do their shopping the week before Halloween. So I think it's worth it. Of course you do. I'm thinking that if we let people know how much waste is generated at Halloween, maybe that'll motivate them to buy more thoughtfully. Did you know in the U.S. alone, over 11 million pounds of textile waste... Oh my God, just stop with the stats. Nobody cares. Nobody even knows what that means. A million pounds. A million pounds of waste. Yeah, of, of costumes going to landfill. Oh, really? 
Did someone weigh all the discarded costumes and the millions of pounds and millions of pounds of and the billions of ugh, I'd rather be watching Netflix. But it it is a problem. All the candy wrappers and crappy makeup applicators that don't even work. Yeah, we know. We're idiots for buying this stuff, but you know what? We're gonna do it anyway. And answer me this. In twenty eighteen, why did you buy a crappy Halloween makeup kit when you already own perfectly good makeup? Uh, well, that year I was going as a unicorn and I didn't have the right shade of pink for my unicorn stripes. So I bought this little kit. I thought it had the exact right shade, but you know, you're right. When I got it home, the paint was so crappy. It just like greased onto my face. Yeah, I didn't end up using it. I ended up using my own. I mixed some white face paint with some red lipstick and I got the exact right shade. But yeah, I, I had to throw that other one in the garbage. So I was the dummy. You got that right. You're the dummy in all the situations. You went from hating Halloween to being the Halloween queen. Look at your yard. You use that fake spiderweb stuff the worst of all the Halloween waste. Well, to be fair, I have been reusing that same pack for eight years now. I keep putting it back in the same bag, all covered with leaves. And Oh, I see. It's okay for you to buy it, the Halloween queen. It's okay. It's all, She's going to reuse it. It's okay for her to buy it. She's going to reuse it. Is that the subtle nuance you're going for here? Yeah, well, yeah, reusing is good, but refusing is better. You're right. Well, I no longer think I will buy brand new virgin Halloween decorations. I have in the past. You're right, but people can change. And moving forward, check this out. I found a bunch of really cool ideas like using old wood, like a stump, a wood stump, and you paint scary faces on it. Or you can take a two by four and wrap it mummy style using old textiles. There's so many of these ideas on the web. And there's actually some wood that's been sitting in our street for like two months now. That pile of wood depresses me. Well, I'm going to haul it into our yard and create some wacky Halloween characters. The city gets a parking space back and we get some new decorations. Why does no one give that pile of wood a parking ticket? I hate that pile of wood. Well, it, it's actually the city's wood. So it's very special wood and it gets a free parking spot right in the downtown core of Canada's most densely populated city. I actually love the idea of you using the pile of freeloading wood. You do? Yes. It employs the dead, the dying, and the useless things all around us. We are drowning in a graveyard of junk. It can really be anything. I'm thinking about using tin cans, hanging them from our tree in the front yard. And even if we don't have time to decorate them, it's still going to be creepy to see a bunch of tin cans clanging around in the wind. Okay, so decorations. Seems pretty easy. Just use junk from around your house. At least you're not buying new junk, and you're giving the junk around your house one more starring role in your life. Let's write it down. Changes we're going to make. Use junk and trash for decorations, and never buy virgin decorations again. Your enthusiasm is giving me a headache and cramps. Let's do costumes. Do you know Halloween costumes is an eight billion dollar industry. I said no to stats. It's in my rider. Okay, yeah, sure, but collectively we do spend well over a billion dollars on costumes every year, and I just think that money would be better spent on nice food or 
any food or food for people in need. We've already established that we're idiots. We work hard at jobs that kill us inside, and then we use that hard-earned money we presented making in the first place on junk that falls apart. Idiots. People aren't idiots. People might not be, but you are. Idiots and hypocrites. All that preaching about sexy pizza rack costumes. Answer me this. Were you or were you not sexy Dorothy less than 10 years ago? Keep in mind, I have pictures. Okay, we don't have to go busting open every private thing about my life. Sexy Dorothy, sexy Robin, not the bird. Okay, okay, I can explain. When I started getting back into Halloween, after being an anti-Halloweener, I kind of swung in the other direction. I didn't put a lot of thought into it, because, you know what? I was busy. I was really busy. I had a store, and I was busy. Do you smell that? (laughs) Ugh, it's, it's hypocrisy. It stinks in here. Yeah, yeah, I I can smell that. And I would like to clear the air. About a decade ago, I did shop from Halloween stores for two seasons. Ha-ha. I dipped my toe into the sexy trope world. And you know what? It was fun, okay? But after just two years, my Halloween tickle trunk was already half full. And I realized that if I keep on adding new stuff to it year after year, I was going to have an inventory problem. And if anyone knows me, I hate having an inventory problem. So that's when I started making costumes again. And the great thing about the glorious times we live in now is that there are more and more costume swaps popping up every day. It's a super fun thing to host with your friends. Google for bigger ones hosted in your area. And if you do have too much inventory, charity organizations will accept your costume donations. You do not have to throw stuff out. Costume swaps. Sounds like a fun excuse to drink some wine. But you know, I would really like to get back to why you bought into the lame, sexy trope costume trap. Well, that sounds like a contradiction from what you were first saying at the beginning of this podcast. Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, hmm. Well, I think that's the alter ego part of the Halloween equation. At the time, I was always wearing suits and sport coats and button-down shirts with ties. And I had fun tapping into the exact of that tacky, shiny, cheap polyester fabric. And I was also having a really tough go at it at the time. I was unsure if I was going to be able to pay my bills every month. So this fake glitzy character, it was the perfect alter ego to escape into. There's no escape from your true self. Could I achieve that same feeling without an all-in-one costume in a bag? I don't know. I admit there is an allure to stepping into a pre-made character in a bag. But if I had to do it all over again, I would look on Facebook marketplace or go to a thrift store and just see what I found to fit the alter ego. It didn't have to be Batman and Robin or Dorothy and Toto for me at the time. I just picked whatever. I just wanted to be glitzy and a bit tacky. Are you sure that's your alter ego? Okay, well, let's write down, make a costume from materials I already own or buy pre-loved and never buy a brand new costume again. There's enough costumes already made on this planet. I don't have to spend my hard-earned money on a $50 costume that's going to disintegrate the moment I put it on. Okay, we're getting a list. Last thing, candy. If you ruin candy, I will cut you. No, no, I'm I'm not going to ban candy. I just, can we just take a peek at a stat? 
Come on, just let me tell you one stat that I prepared. You will never change my mind about candy. Not even that $10 billion is spent on individually wrapped candy every year. Don't care. What about that one trick-or-treater, one kid generates a pound of trash on Halloween night? It's a small price to pay for candy. You're immovable on the candy front? It's candy or die. All right, well... Maybe we can move the needle just a little bit on this one. I will poison your coffee. No, I'm just talking about paper and cardboard options. If you hand out paper candy on Halloween, I will personally distribute rotten eggs to all the children in your neighborhood to throw at your house. No, no. I, I mean, some candy comes in paper and cardboard boxes. Crappy granola type candy? No, like Smarties, Glossettes, Junior Mints. Go on. Dot, nerds, milk duds. I would eat all those. And if you have the cash, there's foil-wrapped treats you can give out. Ugh, what's so great about foil? Kids love collecting and adding to a foil ball. And when you're done, you put the ball inside a tin can in your recycling bin, and tin cans and foil are the most easily reused items in your recycling bin. We can sell this stuff to a post-consumer buyer. If you recycle anything at all, let it be tin cans and aluminum foil. This is trash that works for us. Ooh, you're nerding out on the garbage. Can we get back to candy? Okay, so keep your candy to cardboard and aluminum foil. And if you have some big bucks to spend or not a lot of kids come to your house, wherever you are in the world, search for zero-waste Halloween candy. There's companies like Alter Eco, Equal Exchange, Glee Gum. You remember Glee Gum? It's super cute. Endangered Species Chocolate Bites, Yum Earth Snacks. It all sounds like a hippie nightmare on Lame Street. It's very on brand for you. I, I do have a question, though. Do you hand out this kind of candy? Well, actually... I hand out pencils and crayons, and the kids love it. No, you monster. What? Scented pencils and erasers? This is super cool to shell out. No, it's super awful. Do the Smarties and those good ones, and I won't egg your house this year. So we're writing down, buy treats that come in cardboard. Okay. Decorations, costumes, and candy. They all have something on my burn list. And stats. I would really like you to give up the stats for good. Like, no one cares how many tons of CO2 polymer what's it die gets released into the ocean every year. We all know it's bad. We know that every time we go shopping, we're doing something bad. You got to make it personal for people. Interview people whose whole town is gone because of that giant iceberg that fell into the ocean or someone who lives beside a port in Ghana where they burn the excess donated clothing we think's going over there to save them. Our clothing donations are such a huge problem. No one cares until they hear from the girl who's breathing in the smoke from the stupid sexy board banana bread costume. Okay, this got dark, but I will make a note. No more stats. Listen, I know I've been joking around with the shadow of my former self and no longer using stats, but it comes from reading I've been doing on eco-anxiety. And from my limited ability to research, bombarding you with stats, it doesn't help anyone. Well, except maybe the scientists who can actually read data and use it to help fund their research and activism. But I'm going to assume you're not a scientist. And instead, you're a little like me. You feel worried, you feel helpless, and you're not sure if any of your actions are actually helping. Do your small changes actually add up? Well, from everything I've read, yeah. 
They do. Your small actions cut down on waste and carbon emissions, and that helps reduce your eco-anxiety. Saying no to that plastic water bottle gives you the similar endorphin hit as when you refuse cookies and choose broccoli. It's hard, but it's impactful, and your brain knows it, and it makes you feel better. There you go, brain. I'm doing something. I'm part of something bigger than me. So moving forward, I'm going to do my best to avoid statistics that might freeze you up and cause you anxiety. Instead, focus on the small things that make you feel more empowered, make you feel like you're part of a movement. We're going to grow out of this disposable era. We will adapt and we will improve as a society. Speaking of feeling like you're part of a movement, this episode was inspired by a conversation I had this week with some members of Remake. Remake fights for fair pay and climate justice in the clothing sector. You can find them at remake.world. I'm an ambassador. You can be too, if you want, if you have time, if you feel like it. Each week, there are calls with members from around the world. And this week, we got to talking about stats and how they often bog down the conversations about degrowth and finding their origin is not always easy and is it even true and then you're down a rabbit hole and that's how the shadow of my former self was resurrected i specifically want to thank elizabeth joy from the conscious life and style podcast always an inspiration you can find them at conscious style on instagram and allison green the remake events manager She's got a calm in the storm energy, and she's just a crazy cool crocheter. You can find her at Atomic Tangerine. Guys, this episode is a direct result of our conversation because everyone already knows that the problem is massive, and we got to focus on ways to move forward without stats. They don't really seem to help. Yeah, stats aren't real. Birds aren't real. I'm not real. It's time for me to go. This year, join me by turning the disposable Halloween industry on its head and spend less or nothing on brand new costumes, decorations, and candy wrapped in plastic that will outlive all of us. Thank you to my special mystery guest for coming. I hope I don't see that negative Nelly again until next Halloween. I'll still visit you at 3 a.m. on your sleepless nights. Oh, I bet you will. Guys, I jumped at number 23 on arts podcasts in Canada this week, and that's all thanks to tons of listens and shares with your friends and some great reviews like this one from Run Hugh. He says, I loved listening to what is a bespoke tailor. Pasquale provided a wonderful view into how people grew up into the trade and art of tailoring in Italy. Thank you, Run Hugh. And this one from Marie L., Awesome podcast. I love Miranda's optimism and genuine curiosity. That was so funny to read. The week of my alter ego is taking up so much rent in my head. Each interview is eye-opening and inspires me to think about my world and the positive changes I can make. Guys, thank you so much. If you like this show, give me your review. It really does help me out. You nauseate me. Okay, well, we will see you next time on What's This Place? 